God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. We are God's beloved. Man, what a revelation. Uncommon Favor, Part 10. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to share just a little humor. A doctor and a lawyer are talking at a party, and their conversation is constantly interrupted by people describing their ailments and asking the doctor for free medical advice. After an hour of this, the exasperated doctor asks the lawyer, what do you do to stop people from asking you for legal advice when you're out of the office? I give it to them, replies the lawyer, and then I send them a bill. The doctor is shocked, but agrees to give it a try. The next day, still feeling slightly guilty, the doctor prepares the bills. And when he goes to place them in his mailbox, he finds a bill from the lawyer. (laughs) It takes a minute for that one to sink in, but... (laughs) It's funny once you get the joke. It's funny. <laughs> Except to attorneys, of course. <laughs> they don't find it funny at all. <laughs> well, we're doing the final part, part 10 of Uncommon Favor. We've been looking at the book of Daniel, and we have covered most of the book of Daniel. And we're in chapter 6. We're in chapter 6 where we left off last time. We had Daniel here in chapter 6, and he had been promoted to be really in charge of the whole kingdom. He's really next in charge to the king of the whole kingdom. And so he had some of his other co-workers, co-executives who were jealous of him. And so they came up with a plot to bring harm to him. And so they went to the king, and they said, King, how about... For the next 30 days, no one seeks or asks any other God or any other person for anything for the next 30 days. And they drew it up, had the legal document, and the king signed it. And right after that was announced throughout the kingdom that for 30 days, no one was to pray to any God. No one was to seek or petition any man or a god for 30 days they could only make request of the king so anyone outside the king you have now just entered this death sentence because anyone who would seek any god outside of the king you were sentenced to be thrown to the lions and so let's pick up here daniel chapter 6 verse 10 and 11 And we find out what Daniel's response to this decree, this decree that had just come from the king. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Now when Daniel knew 
that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime or as he did always as usual. In verse 11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And so this is part 10 and we are taught something here from the life of Daniel, the demonstration of Daniel. And Daniel demonstrates to us the principle of prayer. He demonstrates to us the principle of prayer. Daniel was such a stickler for prayer that even when his life would be put on the line for praying, he continued to pray anyway. He continued to pray regardless of the decree from the king. And so this teaches us something about the importance of prayer. It teaches us something about the priority of prayer that Daniel had in his life. And it speaks to us the priority of prayer, the place of prayer, the importance of prayer, and how our lives are to be built. And it should be the foundation of our lives and we should live a life of prayer. I like something that Bishop Dale said. He says, we acquire the resources of heaven not by spending money, but by spending time with God. That's how we acquire the resources of heaven. And God wants us to know him. God wants us to experience him. God wants us to enjoy him. He wants us to enjoy him. He wants us to be able to live continually in his presence now, when it comes to prayer, there's a difference between just praying to God and experiencing God. There's a difference. And God wants us to experience him. There's something the Bible talks about. The Bible teaches this over in the book of Ephesians. It talks about that we would come to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. And when something passes knowledge, that means it's an experience. And so the Bible is saying to us, you don't know the love of Christ by head knowledge. It begins there, but you truly, fully come to know the love of Christ through experience. And so it passes knowledge, which is experience. And so the Apostle Paul prayed that we would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge passes our minds and it's something we experience in our hearts and in our lives and so it's an experience with God so it's not simply a head knowledge about God God wants us to experience him experience his presence experience his power experience his love he wants us to know him now you can discipline yourself to pray but eventually you will give yourself and when you give yourself, you become overwhelmed by the ocean of God's love and his continual presence. So it's one thing praying, but it's another thing that when you give yourself in prayer, now you begin to experience the love of Christ, the presence of God 
in all of his majesty. And so we don't have a goal. As Christians, our goal is not merely to be a Christian, but our goal is to have and develop a loving, passionate, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's the goal. That's our goal. Our goal is not merely to be a Christian. Our goal is to develop an intimate, loving, passionate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's what we saw there. Daniel began to demonstrate this was his life. This was his life. This was his life. Prayer is God's gift to us. It's God's gift. Prayer is a gift. So God gives us this wonderful gift. Prayer is conversation with God. It's conversation with God. It's a gift. He's granted us a gift. So prayer is not a duty to be performed. It's not a obligation to fulfill. It's not a chore to do. It's not a requirement to check off. It's not something we do out of compulsion. But it's a privilege to be enjoyed. It's a delight. In fact, you get to the point you want to pray because you want to spend time with your Heavenly Father. You can't wait to spend time with God. You can't wait to encounter Him and enjoy Him and delight yourself in him. And so that's why Psalms 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. It's a delight. You enjoy his presence. You enjoy your relationship, the intimacy that you have with him. And this is the picture we get from Daniel. Daniel was enjoying God. He was enjoying God in prayer, and it was his life. It was a pleasure to him. And so it is to us. It's something that we look forward to, to be filled with his love and to be filled with his presence, to be filled with his joy. I've started saying something in my prayer time. I always say to the Lord, and say, Lord, you're my heart's desire. You're my heart's delight. You're the rejoicing of my heart. You're the rejoicing of my heart. So make God your heart's desire, your heart's delight. He's the rejoicing of our hearts. He's our heartbeat. He's our heartbeat. I love to say, God, you're my heartbeat. You're every breath I take. And so prayer is a time of intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father where being with Him is so delightful. It is so enjoyable. It is so awesome to experience Him and to encounter Him, to be overwhelmed by his love and by his presence and by his goodness just to wait before him. I love to, you know, after I have kind of gone through some of my, I kind of have a regular routine I do in prayer. So after I've gone through that, my most delightful time is after I've gone through all my scriptures and I've gone through all of my covenant promises and I've gone through you know rehearsing God's word back to him and all of that once I go through all of that my most delightful time is when I'm not even saying anything and I'm just staying in his presence just to say Lord I just want to be with you just to hang around you just to be with you I just want to be with you I just want to be with you I don't even want to say anything right now I just want to be in your presence I just want to experience your love I'm just so happy to be in your presence to be with you oh man what a delight what a delight that's my greatest joy that's my greatest delight just to be with him 
just to be with him. Daniel had encountered this, and this is why Daniel, even after his life would potentially be taken for his prayer life, he was willing to have his prayer life over any other life. He was, it meant that much to him. His relationship with God was so vital that he would rather have that than any other existence without God. And so I love that about Daniel. So Daniel, he shares his intimate, passionate relationship with God. In fact, when you get over into the further, and I won't take the time to teach this, but when you get over into the further chapters of Daniel, after chapter 6, where he has the great lion's den encounter, when you get over into the other chapters, like chapter 7, 8, 9, Daniel really goes into intercessory prayer. Daniel is really an intercessor. So Daniel starts praying, and he prays to such an extent that angels start visiting him. And so Daniel, and here's something I came across I never had realized. God began calling Daniel his beloved, his beloved. God loved Daniel. God loved Daniel. God loved Daniel. And that speaks to us that we are God's beloved. We're God's beloved. We've been made accepted in the beloved. We are God's. God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. We are his beloved. We are his beloved. And so God loved Daniel and he called him his beloved. He called him his beloved. And so the uncommon favor that we see on Daniel's life comes from an uncommon relationship. It comes from an uncommon love affair he has with God. It comes from an uncommon devotion. All of these things precede the uncommon favor. Daniel was a beloved. God loved Daniel. And so you'll find in those later chapters, Daniel's doing a lot of intercessory prayer, angels appearing to him and so forth. One fact, one angel told him, he said, Daniel, I have come for your words. I heard what you said, and I'm here sent by God. He said, it took me 21 days because I had to fight some other evil spirits that got in the way. But anyway, I'm here now. And so angels were appearing. To Daniel. Daniel was a mover and a shaker. And then the book becomes very prophetic, very prophetic. Actually, many scholars pull from the book of Daniel even to end time events. You pull from Daniel and you pull from the book of Revelation. So Daniel even talks about a time. I love this because it speaks to our time, present time. In the book of Daniel, it talks about a time where there would be an acceleration of knowledge. An acceleration of knowledge. We're living in that time. We've had more technology advances in the last 20 years than there had been before the last few hundred years. We've had an acceleration of knowledge. We've had an acceleration of technology. Things are moving so fast. Daniel talked about that. That would be a time where knowledge would explode. And so great scholars, they use the book of Daniel to even interpret the last days, the end times, and even the times we live in, you can find many pieces of it in the book of Daniel, and it's powerful. And so when I read about new technologies and medical breakthroughs and scientific breakthroughs and 
you know, now they're giving trips to outer space. And, you know, so all of these things are happening so fast and they can now, they can do so much with science and medicine and technology. Things are happening so fast. The book of Daniel talks about acceleration of knowledge. Things will happen. And so anyway, Daniel is very prophetic. It's, pro- it's very prophetic in those later chapters. And Daniel really turns into an intercessor. But the thing that really grabbed me the most when God called him his beloved. Man, what a relationship. What a relationship. He loved God and God loved him. God loved him. God loved him. And so now you know that when he, his relationship with God was so intimate and so deep that when they threw him in the lion's den, Daniel knew. Daniel knew that it wasn't just him thrown in the lion's den. It was him and God. It's him and God. He was knitted with Christ. He was knitted with God. He knew that it was me and God thrown in the lion's den. When you you have that type of close relationship with God, there is no fear because you're walking in God and God in you. There's an inner confidence. There's an inner confidence and assurance that's there, and it's the presence of God. That's what it is. It's the presence of God on the inside of you. And so when you've been with God and God is in you and with you, there is no fear. So when they threw him in the lion's den, Daniel knew that his God was greater than those lions. Daniel knew that his God was greater than any attack the enemies would try to bring upon him. Daniel had a relationship with God. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if God had already whispered to Daniel and said, don't worry about the lions. I'll take care of them. Because they had that kind of relationship. They had that kind of relationship. He was God's beloved. He was God's beloved. Man, what a picture that gives of us that we are God's beloved. We are God's beloved. Did you know, man, and I almost jumped straight off of this platform. <laughs> I just, the Holy Spirit just reminded me. Did you know that the, the whole book of the Song of Solomon is about a lover? Writing to his lover, we are the beloved of that lover who was Jesus. We're the beloved of God. We are the beloved of God. Read the Song of Solomon. It's a love letter written to us. We are his beloved. God loves you so much. God loved you so much. We are his beloved. Daniel had a revelation of that. He was God's beloved. Let me read this. I put this down. I just wanted to remind you how much God loves you. Max Lucado actually originally penned this, and I think I might have added a couple of things to it. But anyway, Max Lucado wrote, he said, If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If he had a wallet, your photo would be in it. If he had a calendar, your birthday would be circle. If he drove a car, he'd have a bumper sticker with your name on it. If there is a tree in heaven, he's carved your name in the bark. He sends you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. God could have lived anywhere in the universe, but he chose your heart. Face it, my friend. He's crazy about you. We are God's beloved. We are God's beloved. We are God's beloved. He loves us just as much. John chapter 17 teaches us God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Man, what a revelation. We are God's beloved. We are God's beloved. I like something that Bert Gezi said. He says, we need to pray daily as our response to God's outrageous, extravagant love for us. Think about it. He had us in mind as his companions before he created anything. Then he unfolded this vast universe 
of a hundred billion trillion stars so that on this lovely little planet, he could enjoy fellowship with you and me. Imagine what we are missing of God's lavish affection if we just pray when we feel like it. Prayer is a response of God's extravagant love toward us. So we pray because of the love. We pray because he loves us so much and we love him. We can't wait to spend time with him just to be in his presence. I remember when my youngest daughter, I remember when she was a little younger, she might have been around three, four But she would come and climb up in my lap. I would be sitting at my desk and she would come and climb up in my lap. And she would take a sheet of paper and she would do her drawing while in my lap. Now she could draw anywhere around the house. But she chose my lap. She just wanted to be in my presence. It was a sign of her love. It was a sign of the affection. She just wanted to be in my presence. She could draw anywhere. She could have drawn upstairs. She could have drawn in her room. She could have drawn in her sister's room. She could have drawn in the den. She could have drawn at the kitchen table, but she wanted to draw sitting in my lap. It's the same love that we have with the Father. We just want to be with him. Prayer is just a sign to say, God, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. You don't have to know how to pray a perfect prayer. Don't worry about trying to pray a perfect prayer. Just lay in his presence. Just get on your knees in his presence and say, Father, I love you. I love you, Lord. You're so good to me. You're taking care of me. I love you more than anything, Lord. And I receive your love and you love me. And I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Love you. That's what prayer is. It's a love relationship. It's just a love relationship. It's just spending time in his love. It's spending time in his love. It's spending time in his love. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Proverbs 15, 8 says that the prayer of the upright is God's delight. God delights in our prayer. We're to delight in him, but he delights when we come to him. He delights in spending time with us. He's our delight, but we are his delight. He takes pleasure in his people. God delights in us. God delights in us. Of course, I'm thinking of Zephaniah three seventeen and I have memorized this verse from about, I don't know, maybe four or five different translations to pull it all together. But Zephaniah 3.17 says this about God. That God, you are a mighty hero who saves me. You take delight in me. You rejoice over me with singing. You rejoice over me with joy. You rejoice over me with dancing and singing. You quiet me in your love. You calm all of my fears. You're satisfied in your love for me. You're not looking for another. You rest in your love for me, not mentioning my sins, but forgiving them. I rest in your love for me. I'm renewed in your love for me. Oh my goodness, man. That's one of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible. And I learned it from about four or five different translations because I wanted to internalize and capture God's love and how he rejoices and sings and dances, how he delights in me and loves me so much. And we get to rest in that love. So that's what prayer is. Prayer is merely coming and resting in his love. Resting in his love. Just resting in his love. Man, I think it's so powerful. Even if you don't say anything, I think if you just sat in his presence quietly, if you just sat in his presence quietly, oh man, if you just sat there quietly, just to say, God, I don't want anything. 
I don't want to say anything. I just want to sit in your presence. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Oh, man. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Man, when you develop that kind of relationship, oh, man. This is what Daniel had. This is what Daniel had. And that's why there was no fear when he went into the lion's den. Because he knew his heart was knit with God and God was knit with him. And he probably looked at those lions and said, but if you bump up against me, you're bumping up against God himself. Because I love him and he loves me. Oh, wow. Praise God. Praise God. Man, I'm going to have to continue this one. I was going to conclude today, but I can't. (laughs) We're going to have to do part two. We're going to do part two of prayer because, oh, man, I didn't get to half of what I wanted to share with you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. How much we miss out. How much we miss out when we don't take the time to sit in God's presence and receive his love. Praise God. Well, we'll finish it up next time. Man, I just got so excited about when I got a revelation of what prayer is. We've tried to make prayer very complicated, (laughs) very difficult. We've had, you know, a lot of formulas and a lot of patterns and all of this and all of that. Man, prayer is just being with God. Prayer is just being with God. Even if you don't say anything, man, that's a prayer when you just sit in his presence. Say, Lord, I just love you and I... I don't really have anything to say. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. You're my heart. You're my heartbeat. You have a breath I take. You're my heart's desire. You're my heart's delight. You're the rejoicing of my heart. What do you think pushed the Apostle Paul to the point he was ready to leave the earth? He didn't know if he would stay on earth or he would depart to be with Christ, and he had a hard time making that decision. What do you think caused that? It's because he lived in this kind of intimate relationship. And he was like, Jesus, I can't take it no more. I can't take it no more. I'd just rather come on and be with you. He got to that point. You can get so in love with God. You get to a point where you really want to cross the line over into eternity because, oh, man, you get to that point where you're loving him so much. Mm, you just want to cross over. And that's what Paul got. He got to the point. He said, man, he said, I... Whew, Paul was at that point. He was so attached with Christ. He was so in one with Christ. He had a hard time. Paul literally had to make himself stay on earth so that he can continue to teach and to be a blessing to the church. He had to make himself stay here. He was about to dismiss his spirit to be with Christ. He entered into such a relationship. He entered into that relationship. And man, when you lose yourself in Christ, oh my, what a relationship. What a relationship. That's what Daniel walked in. It's what the three Hebrew boys walked in. That's why they walked in the furnace. It's like, king, put us in the furnace. We're not bowing to any other God. Oh, man. Oh, man. The book of Daniel is about relationship. If anything else, it's about relationship. It's about relationship. This intimate relationship will carry you through any trial of life. Praise God. Praise God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Stand at your feet. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to dismiss, but I'm going to just ask everybody if you would just stay for a couple of minutes to marinate as Christian continues to play. I think there's just a special presence. And I want to just take a couple of minutes to enjoy his presence. I'm going to dismiss, but after the prayer, just stand where you are, just for a couple of minutes. I'm not going to hold you long, just for a couple of minutes and just, just enjoy his presence. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We rejoice in you and give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for intimate relationship. Thank you for loving us the way you do and allowing us to enjoy your love and to be in your presence, Lord. We love you so much. Oh, we love you so much. We make a commitment to pray more and to come back to you in prayer. We've been missing out, Lord. We just can't wait to run to you. You're our lives, Lord, and we give it all to you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And just remain for a couple of minutes. I'm not going to hold you long. Just for about two minutes, two full minutes. Just want you to just soak. Just soak in his presence. Just soak in his presence. Realize his love. Realize his love. Realize his love. Realize his love. Realize his love.
Amen. Thank you all for staying and just worshiping for a moment. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. I'm going to stop. Those of you who are watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this entire series, Uncommon Favor, absolutely free of charge. You can email it to a friend. Man, we are just so grateful. Thank you for tuning in and being with us. We love you and appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for joining us at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part 10 of the series titled Uncommon Favor by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7917. That's 7917. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7917 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of-